This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Let's talk about SEO quickly. This whole search engine optimization thing. People are frustrated by it, confused by it, and there are so many SEO tools out there. Free ones, subscription ones. Which one's the best? Do you ever feel like it's been this dark art, this mystic craft hidden for only certain people to understand? Well, here at Jelly, it all became clear when we started using Ahrefs. The reports we got, the clarity on site ranking, and so much more. Today, for all our clients, we provide Ahrefs reporting and use the tool to audit sites. It's the premier SEO tool that gives you the confidence you're providing top-notch reports and data to your clients. Let the only confusing thing be how the tool's name is said. Check them out at ahrefs.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another week of Marketing Jam. We're so glad that you joined us this week, and uh, we're going to learn a lot. And we're so thankful for the guests that we have come on. We're thankful for Canada Post for making this show possible. And uh, without further ado, let's jump right in. Ashley, thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. So Ashley, tell us about your role in the world of Google, being that Google is so large and robust. What is your specific vertical? Yes, great question. And I do often have to highlight the size of the company in terms of how many people actually work in Google. It's huge. Um, so I play one tiny part, but within the luxury team. So I'm global luxury account manager, which means I have a portfolio of luxury brands and I help them with basically everything in terms of their digital strategy, but their marketing strategy, media strategy, even their online to offline strategy at the moment as well. So mm -hmm. it entails many different things, but at the core of it, it's basically using data and insights and digital media to help brands grow and to help bring them into the future and to especially develop their e-commerce or their e-business strategies as well. It's amazing. So how does someone like you get to a role like that? So I've always been really interested in tech and in luxury. So kind of the, the meeting of the two of those is where I really wanted to work. And for the past, I guess, seven years. So before I joined Google, I was working on the retailer side and on the brand side. So I started with a startup called Monier Frere. So they're a pure player, 100% online, uh, luxury brands basically uh, being delivered all over the world really great site, kind of France's answer to Net-a-Porter or Matches yeah. Fashion. And after two and a half years working with them, I joined LVMH Group. So they're the biggest luxury group in the world in terms of the amount of brands, in terms of their sales. So they have everyone from Louis Vuitton to Dior, but they also have alcohol brands. They've got Vogue Clico, uh, Dom Perignon, but they also have jewelry brands. Um, they've got retailers. So they own Sephora, for example, which a lot of people don't realize. And um, after spending some time in their digital team as a, as a digital analyst working on multi uh, divisions, I joined uh, Dior. So that's within the group. So I made an internal move and I headed up the travel retail team um, in all their digital activations. So it was a new, new team, new channel for them. And it was super, super exciting. And I really enjoyed my time there. And then about a year and a half ago, Google asked me to join their luxury team. So I moved back to Ireland. And here I am in Dublin. <laughs> That's amazing. So, okay, this may be um, maybe a silly question, but how does a brand become a luxury brand? Like, do they do they become it? Do they start off saying <laughs> we're going to be luxury because we're going to charge a certain amount? Or how do you guys define luxury? That's a, that's a really good question. At one point, you decide you want to be luxury. I think um, a lot of the big, big luxury brands, they're the heritage brands. They've been around for decades, if not centuries. 
And when they started off, a lot of them, they weren't saying, I want to be the next you know, luxury brand. If you look at Chanel or if you look at Hermes, especially Hermes even, they were an equestrian brand, you know, working with leather goods. So a lot of them evolved. Dior as well. He was a perfumer at heart right from the beginning and he wanted to create uh, beautiful, beautiful garments for women. But they never started out saying, I want to be this big global luxury brand, at least the, the old heritage brands in that case. But the way you define luxury, there are multiple different characteristics, but a rarity would be one of them. Mm. So the actual products and the input for creating something, whether it's a service or a luxury brand. Um, and then you also have uh, different elements. So for example, um, uh, Vincent Bastien, he's a, um, he was actually the CEO of Cartier and of Louis Vuitton, but he has a book called The Luxury Strategy, and he has kind of the golden rules of being a luxury brand. And he will actually say that it needs to be hard to buy as well, not just the price point, but in terms of actually locating the good and finding it. So the harder oh, it is okay. to buy it, the more luxury it is. And then there's obviously this exclusivity element of it. There is also the fact that it needs to be something that lasts a long time. So there is a strong sustainability element of it as well. And then there's this savoir faire, this artisanal side where it's not just a good that anybody can create, but it involves um, some real skill to make it, which is very um, relevant. If you look at, for example, like champagne, huge process, cognac takes yeah. a long time to make. But if you look at the high end couture fashion as well, thousands of thousands of hours can go into creating one garment so it's quite opposed to digital where everything's really fast and meant to be very accessible yeah. and everything that tech stands for it's actually very different to um the characteristics of of luxury and the luxury industry and almost from an environmental sense the opposite of fast fashion where you're always like having to replace 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 yes exactly and that's something that i i talk about a lot and i do a lot of research on i wrote my wrote my bachelor and master thesis on sustainability within the luxury industries mm. and now finally i'm seeing this coming back in terms of consumer behavior and consumer demand people are thinking more about this how do we make our brands more sustainable how as consumers can we buy more sustainable and i guess it's quite simple just try and buy less and buy things that are going to last for much longer um, and the, and is there in this book that you read and i i'm curious to read this book yeah. a mention of the day you achieve music video status, when you make it into a music video or mentioned in a hip hop song, you've really made it as a luxury brand. <laughs> no, actually, it's not mentioned in it, but okay. it's something I, I actually had um, Sebastian as a professor. And it's something we did discuss in our classes uh, because there's yeah a huge um, crossover between music culture and luxury as well especially like in everything not just yeah. you know clothes but also with alcohol as well with watches mm. with jewelry cars <laughs> i i'd be curious if someone ever did this and and figured out the data on how many times like dom perion or gucci uh you know or one of these brands was mentioned in a song yeah and it, it's it doesn't seem to end it seems to increase if anything at the moment hearing more and more of it yeah yeah. So for you, trends that you're seeing around the world, you you have this amazing vantage point. I feel like you're on this top of this beautiful lighthouse or this castle <laughs> that you can see the world and, and see the, the, the trends. And so what are you seeing right now? And what are you seeing that people should be uh, watching out for? So, well, the, one of the biggest trends in the last few years within luxury, especially if we're talking about luxury consumer goods, so uh, fashion and beauty yeah. has been sustainability. Especially within beauty, we see a big move towards vegan beauty, clean beauty, even in terms of the packaging, even in terms of the way that we will order um, or the way that we'll receive the goods as well. 
So all along the, the logistics and of the supply chain. So that's been really interesting. And that's obviously fantastic for, for the planet and for people as well. In terms of fashion, the current context has really, uh, really, I think, impacted the fashion industry in ways that we can't even imagine. So, for example, collections that weren't completed or that weren't finished, studios that were closed. So I think the next months are going to be really interesting to see what do brands do if they have stock that wasn't sold and if it doesn't make sense anymore in the current season. For example, if you have spring, summer stuff that you know didn't move or wasn't completed, what's going to happen? Will that be recycled? Will it be upcycled? Will it be reused? Will they keep it and um, sell it next year? I think that's something that everyone is waiting to see what happens. My, and then, my, yeah. yeah. My friend Go was saying he was, he's trying to figure out for a furniture company right now how yeah. to communicate to the media their, their latest lines. And so he's figuring out, like, do we do it over Zoom? And then we mail out fabric swatches and then the media can look at it over and then feel the fabric swatches? Or how, how do they do that? It's, it's such exactly. a wrestle now. Yeah. So that was the next thing I was going to say. The, the big trend that we're seeing is, and I've been working on projects in this area, so it's been really exciting, is actually the digitalization of fashion shows. So it's going to be something that impacts most industries if you need to showcase an actual physical good. How do you do that? Perhaps in the past, you're able to bring large groups of people there. And those people were members of media or influencers, and they're going to be sharing with their audiences. But if you can't do that anymore, it's really challenging. So you have to put on your digital hat and think, okay, how can I do this digital first? And rather than creating an empty fashion show, and I'm going to take a video and post it online later, why not do something really interactive and with digital at its core and with online audiences or live streaming um, right from the the beginning of the the design element? So that's um that's been really interesting so a project i worked on the last few weeks was the louis vuitton men's show which was actually live from shanghai so it's on youtube uh it was live through youtube which was really really cool it was the first time that a really major fashion brand has done something like that and then it stays online so no matter where you are in the world you can still watch the show even if you're going to tune in a few hours later because you're on the other side of the world or something it's incredible. I, I'm finding that the, the physical mailing of packages and getting stuff in the mail mixed with, you know, these online experiences are such a, a great mix. It's like the perfect peanut butter and jelly almost. Absolutely. I've seen really interesting um, projects where brands, the PR teams, you know, they want to have like a press event, but they're not able to bring everyone together in a beautiful venue like they usually would and showcase their products, especially in beauty. If you look at perfumes, uh, skincare, makeup, So what they've been doing is sending out packs of the products, as you said, and then having like a live event. Charlotte Tilbury did this recently. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, Earl's here in Canada, one of these restaurant groups, uh, would do Sommelier Fridays. So they have the Sommelier on live and he would you know, walk through their different wines at the restaurant. And it was a very you know, interesting experience. So you could order the wines ahead of time, knowing what they were going to be featured. And then you could drink with a group of people from your home. Absolutely. And I think it's an opportunity for 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 growth for many brands because perhaps in the past you weren't able to think as big you weren't able to think global you were thinking more locally charlotte tilbury for example she would never have been able to go to every single press event with all influencers and all um you know makeup artists all over the world but then they were able to do that through an online event and have everyone in one place at one time so some people are definitely making the most of it i think obviously we're all hoping things are going to go back to the old normal but yeah there are many, um, many companies that are just thinking, okay, well, even if it's, this is only going to be, be for the next few months, how do I keep my community engaged? 
yeah. and prepare myself for the future. So it's been really interesting to see what what creative uh, ideas people have been coming up with. Yeah. So the trends of like, are, are you still seeing people go physically into bricks and mortar for luxury brands or are they seeing a move towards buying online, the e-commerce element? So um, over the last few months, there have been so many countries where lockdowns have happened that have actually prevented stores from opening. So there have been, you know, weeks where stores have been completely closed. So therefore, everyone is turning online, whether it is to actually make a purchase or if they were, you know, in the research phase that often starts online anyways. But perhaps that phase is continuing to evolve online and the purchase will actually happen online as well. If stores are closed and you want to actually buy a luxury good, then, you know, the options that are there in those situations are going to be buying online. Yeah. Also, in terms of luxury goods sales, over a third of all luxury goods, consumer goods, are purchased by um, people from China. So, okay. and only 10% of those sales are actually happening in China, meaning 90% of the Chinese expenditure on luxury goods is happening when they travel. Obviously, we don't have people traveling as much anymore, and we don't have people coming from China and visiting the luxury stores in New York or Paris or Milan or London, which would be the big luxury hotspots or other places around the world, the mm. Middle East as well, Dubai. Um, I'm sure in Canada, you've got super uh, shopping experiences yeah. too. So that means that again, like digital is going to be the way to connect with your clients. It's going to be the way to make sure that your, your brand can not just survive, but also thrive and grow because I know these brands, they don't, they're not happy with uh, a flat growth every year or with a, a gentle decrease. You know, they, they're still aiming to grow like any businesses and therefore um, historically very traditional, very brick and mortar focused industry is moving more and more online. Wow. I, uh, I got a pair of shoes I ordered here in Vancouver. They, these great Vessi shoes that are waterproof um, sent me an email recently of their newest shoe and I could try it out by downloading a snap filter. And so I, wow. I clicked the button and it was a filter and I lifted up my feet and it covered my feet as I'm lying on my couch with their Vessi shoe. And I could change the color and I could look Amazing. at it from the side. Yeah, it was fascinating. It's great. No, I think leveraging augmented reality, virtual reality, like these are all, you know, in the past it was for fun and it was to make a buzz and it was to be innovative. But now it's actually how you're going to try something on if you've decided, actually, I really like shopping online and I got used to it in the past months or if you're just not comfortable going into stores, then it's definitely worth, if you're a brand, investing in at least exploring those areas and seeing what works for you and what works for your consumers. And you can always, you know, recruit new consumers by taking on these innovations because people will be like, wow, I love this. And maybe they wouldn't have heard of the brand before, but because of the buzz you generated, they're going to discover you or discover you through Snap directly as well. Yeah. So you've mentioned one book so far. What are some other kind of resources, books, magazines, maybe e-newsletters? What are you reading to get kind of inspiration, ideas and, and data? Great question. So obviously work at Google. So I'm looking at our different internal platforms that we have every day and basically keeping in touch with all of the brands that I work with. So on a daily basis, I'll be speaking with um, the different brands that, that I manage for Google. But then in terms of, you know, what else is out there? Every day I read the Business of Fashion newsletter. So yep. uh, BOF, they've got incredible insights. Mm. Um, because China does have such a big impact on the luxury industry as well, I'm always looking at what's going on over there. If something changes in terms of consumer behavior in China, it does impact the industry. So I usually as well look at Jing Daily. 
yep. um, which is a, a great resource for for content as well, and really looks into the culture of why mm. um, luxury is is growing so fast as well in China. Mm. Um, and then I think you know there's like so many different influencers within the industry that are great and that are always sharing. So um, Derek Blasberg, for example, so he's head of beauty and fashion at YouTube, and he's great. So I follow him online and always see what he's up to because he's always like ahead of the trend it seems <laughs> oh that's great those are great resources and we'll put links in the show notes of course for for people listening okay. and viewing i want to talk about explaining leads to clients CallRail gives you the call tracking you need to measure the success of your marketing efforts in real time discover how many calls you received from your google ads organic searches social media efforts and so much more and hey that's not the only reason we use CallRail. CallRail seamlessly integrates all of our call and conversion data with over 700 marketing tools and platforms, including Google Analytics and Salesforce, for a deeper insight into what's happening. Start telling the complete story to your clients. Try a free trial today with CallRail.com. And tell me about you, uh, phone-wise, what are the apps that you can't live? And I'm assuming Android. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, I'm like the Google internal apps that we have are definitely keeping me ticking over every day. And it's really interesting at the moment as well, because we have like all of the online fitness classes as well. So ClassPass, I was a huge fan of when I lived in Paris. They were really big there. But in Dublin, not really. They're, they're, they haven't really developed here. I was really hoping they would. So I use ClassPass for all my virtual classes, which is great. Yeah. And I can, you know, join a yoga class that's in New York or that's yeah. in London. So I'm traveling through ClassPass at the moment. So that's been a life savior. And then um, I guess that's the, the main one at the moment. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's probably a, a sign of the times. <laughs> yeah. One interesting development over um, this time when more people are at home was um, my Gmail app added Google meetups in the app so I could easily just create a, a meetup right in my phone because I, I, I love the Gmail app. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and Google Calendar kind of runs my calendar. Uh, even though I'm on an iPhone, those are my go-to apps because they're in Google Maps, right? And all those things, it's just so nice to see them um, making it so much easier to meet with people and, and see people face-to-face -face and, and to, to collaborate. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Google Meets changed a lot. Actually, the, the pandemic brought that on because previously it was for Gmail users only. Um, now it's open up to everybody. Everybody can use it. It's free. Um, so yeah, that's super handy. I spend my entire day basically in a Google Meet. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> I feel like yes. I'm still in the office. I have so much FaceTime with my colleagues. Um, but yeah, it's obviously it's it's not the same, but it's the, the next best thing as being there and, in person. And are you a big um, Google local guide? Have you gotten into that and started reviewing places? Do you, do you... Not yet, but I rely on it heavily for deciding where I go. <laughs> not not for you to feel intimidated in any way, but I'm a level seven Google local really? guide. Yeah, no I have deal. never met a level seven before. Yep. Yep. How long have you been doing this for? <laughs> for way too long. Like, wait, like, like I just, I, I, uh, for a season there, I was really into the Yelp program, like uh, reviewing yeah. stuff at Yelp. Uh, and then I just fed it too cumbersome. And then I, I was uh, obsessed with Google Maps to get places. And I, I, you know, before that, I was a map book guy. I just, I, I don't have the ability to find places very well. Um, okay. And so everywhere I go, I started reviewing it, posting photos. And even for my own self, I, I love just knowing to go back on and say, you yeah. know, what did I love about it? Um, and then it's the feedback they gave you was incredible. Like this many people saw your photos. And, and then eventually they made it, they gamified it. 
So now yeah. like, you can get different levels and they have little prizes and little fun little bells and whistles in the program. So Amazing. I think the gamification element has been great. It's almost like playing a Pokemon Go, but it's your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not like I'm, uh, yeah, like I, because I, I married with four kids and so it's like, it's okay to just go to a place and quickly review it versus chasing a creature down the street. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so uh, where you are now in life and, and all that, uh, what's your advice to students? Uh, you know, some students listen to the show, they're, you know, whether they're in university or they're just kind of figuring out, maybe they're even in a job change, maybe they're uh, uh, maybe past student life, but they want to say, hey, I want to get into something different and they love what you're doing. What would be your advice for getting to be where you are? Good question. I, I work a lot with students and I think it's so important to help the upcoming generation give them advice, the advice that I wish I had or the advice that I very, um, very luckily did receive when I was leaving college. So what I've been saying to everybody is if you look at the way things are evolving, the importance of tech, especially, you know, you can upskill really easily in those areas. And often there are things that you can't even learn in college anyways. Like if they're digital marketing skills, for example, like you can study a digital marketing course, but do you really know how to create um, an ads campaign on you know the the top digital platforms. So the there's a course at the moment. It's called Fundamentals of Digital Marketing, and it's free. It's have you done it? I know we we I, I encourage people to take it. That's awesome. It's amazing. So I yeah. tell everybody to do this. Like no matter like what age you are, what you have studied, what you're doing in life, if you are employed or if you have your own company, it'll just get you up to scratch with everything. And I think mm-hmm. having that knowledge, it's you can do so much with it. And it doesn't take much time and it's really easy. It's done through video and yeah. have many assignments the whole way through. So I'm telling everyone, you know, if you're interested in uh, having just a better understanding in general, do it. And if you're actually applying for jobs, you can put that on your CV. It's a real certification. So yeah. that's a good one. And then otherwise, just follow your passions. I know I was told so many times like, oh, luxury and digital, they're so opposing. There aren't even jobs in that, in that area. It's true. There are not that many jobs in that area, but there's more than you think. <laughs> And if you're, you know, determined and if you've got the, the, the right skills in place and if you've, um, you know, got the drive to do it, then you can definitely get there. So no matter what it is, even if it's super niche, like the world is so connected now anyways. And especially if everyone's doing everything from home at the moment, there's nothing to stop you. You don't have to think, oh, I need to move to X, Y or Z city to make that happen. You know, people are doing everything from everywhere at the moment. It's amazing. We in Canada, to get into university, you need to have a second language uh, up to grade 11. Uh, and so I, you know, we talk about this new collar workforce, you know, not blue yeah. collar, not white collar, but new collar. I, I encourage everyone to, to get your second language, like in Canada here, uh, and let that be your Google Analytics, you know, the, the, you know, the Google yeah. Analytics course. And, the, and so for me, when we look at a resume, when we get people come in, I always look, do they have their Google Analytics certificate? And, and you, you, Google's an incredible job creating all these amazing certificates that are all free, they're yeah. all online and, and available. So, yeah, huge fan. That's interesting. In Canada, you have to have a, sec- a second language. Um, yeah. So what, what's the most common second language that people have? Is it French? Uh, French, French in Canada. French. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> tell me about um, Google Trends and, and maybe yeah. how you use it and maybe how other businesses could be using Google Trends at their, uh, to help benefit their own business. Sure. I actually gave a guest lecture recently for the National College of Art and Design here in Dublin on how designers can use Google Trends. Okay. It's the most powerful tool, it's free, and you can just spend hours on it. Basically, you can just go onto this um, go onto the site and you can look up anything under the sun that you're interested in. You can 
uh, for example, as I did with the design students, we were helping them try and figure out what would be the materials that people were interested in, what would be the colors, the shades, um, and where the people that were interested in that, uh, where were they coming from? And what were the other things that they would be also interested in? So we searched, for example, um, sustainable materials, and then we would search organic cotton, and then we would find out where that search was growing, uh, who was looking for it, what else would they likely be interested in, um, you can compare as well. So everything is indexed. So you can put in, you know, two different things that you want to compare and um, they will show you over. You can pick of all time if you want. You can look at the last month, the last few months. Uh, it's up to you. So it's a super, super powerful platform and it shows you where you are in terms of your competition. If you're interested in comparing against another company or another product, or you can literally search raw materials. Um, there's there's no limit to it. Um, sometimes we find there's like really funny explosive uh, searches going on, usually related to things happening in pop culture. So on the homepage of Google Trends, they'll actually show as well per market what's going on and what's changing and what's really trending in terms of like what people are actually looking for at the moment. So uh, we saw obviously, you know, in, in the first weeks when people were working from home, um, trying to figure out how to entertain your kids, yeah. um, trying to figure out how to reduce the noise, especially if you live in an apartment in Europe, some of our apartments are very small and you're kind of not expecting to be spending much time there. So there, there's a lot of how-to and DIY that's been rising like dramatically <laughs> over the last yeah. few months. So yeah, I really recommend to, to try it out and you can use it for personal purposes. You can use it for your business purposes. Yeah. There's, there's a lot you can do with it. There's nothing more telling uh, about a person's interest than their search history. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if that was all um, <laughs> made public to everyone. Wouldn't oh, that be man. <laughs> Wild. Um, and, and what about Google Alerts? Do you, do you find do you encourage people to use it? Or are you finding some benefit to businesses? Yeah, I think like if you're able to be on top of the news and on top of information, especially if it's things that's going to be able to help you be more reactive or more proactive, mm -hmm. then absolutely use it. Again, these are free products that are available um for for businesses or for for individuals to to avail of i found that my google news i i love google news and and it's i have it built within my chrome setting so it pops up when i open chrome it okay. actually it actually makes the news though um uh, to my benefit like it knows that i like the office knows that i like rick and morty like it and it starts feeding me news about those topics uh, but then it also gives me what's happening in the world. But it's been interesting. Yeah, to see it's like it... with YouTube notifications as well. You know, like it's great because as soon as like one of my favorite artists um, releases a new song or a new video, uh, you get the alert straight away. So you're going to be straight on it. Or for um, live content at the moment, which is great because you can set reminder for live content at the moment. So if you see, yeah. okay, um, there's going to be this concert by one of my favorite artists, yeah. you can just set your reminder and then it'll actually email you as well. Yeah, um, I have my... Spotify does that for me. It tells me when a, an artist that they know I listen to a lot is doing a show. It'll yeah, it's wild. One of my favorite bands I, I love and listen to is from Dublin called Ren Collective. So if you ever had the chance, Ren a, Collective. Okay, yeah, I'll have to check a, them out. I don't know them. They're they're a great band. Uh, there, yeah. Um, so any other advice, insights uh, to the luxury world that those that are that you're kind of finding fascinating or kind of fun tidbits <laughs> that you'd like to share with? Um, yeah, I think, you know, when people look at the luxury industry, they're probably thinking literally of the brick and mortar stores and of those storefronts that you see. And, um, you know, we all have that image in mind of the Chanel store or the Rolex store, this kind of stuff. But there's a like the industry is changing massively. 
in yeah. it's they're they're finally having this digitalization or this digital transformation that happened to all the other indus industries in the previous years so they're a little bit late to it but it's normal as we said at the beginning the values of technology which is really making things open to everybody and fast it's all about speed versus luxury which is very slow and it's meant to be exclusive and rare but now luxury and tech are becoming friends in many ways um, and they're starting to benefit from each other so i think they're there are many new things that are coming up from brands. If you look at the likes of Stella McCartney, completely sustainability focused, but again, a luxury brand. How is she doing that? It's through technology. She has the equivalent of a blockchain on all of her her garments. So she knows you know, where everything is coming from. Uh, for example, she will know if I've got this type of cotton in this product, she's gonna know exactly where it's coming from, who's been working on it. So I think that's gonna be really the future of at least of luxury and of high-end fashion because they want to tell the story of where their products come from. They're proud of it. There's a great story to be told and everyone along the supply chain is being looked after and being taken care of properly. Uh, Patou, P-A-T-O-U, they're a French fashion brand, perfume brand as well. The fashion house was closed for many years. They just reopened recently and they have a QR code on every garment and you can scan it and you can get the whole story of the, the oh. item of clothing as well. So I think this merging of fashion and technology is going to help many different causes, sustainability being one of them. Um, and hopefully it will bring more awareness as well to the fact that luxury industry doesn't just mean goods that are out of reach for us, but actually it's goods that you're going to keep for a long time, that you're going to care about, that you're going to um, repair if they need to be repaired after many years, but that you definitely won't be throwing out. And I think that's in line with the way, the way people are... Um, looking to move forward as well in terms of their responsibility with the environment so it's amazing i i remember there was an activation in vancouver here for hermes um that you walked in and they actually had an artisan making one of the scarves you could watch him do it they flew him in from uh, you know the, the headquarters and the, you know, where they make these and then they had <laughs> examples of scarves over the years that were still in you know beautiful condition and it was Absolutely. Some yeah it was amazing yeah you you hand them down to your children to your grandchildren they're kept for generations um, an Hermes bag, it goes up in value, actually. So they're they're a great investment. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to know. Good to know where to invest in. If you're going to invest in clothes. They're really hard to buy because, you know, they're super luxury. So they have that. Uh, they're definitely on par with uh, the golden rules of being a luxury brand. It's really hard to get your hands on one. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. You, Ashley, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure yeah. to join. This is fascinating. Thank you everyone for joining us. Um, lots of great resources, ideas. Um, links will be in the show notes, both to the course uh, that's available, um, the Google Trends link. Uh, that was great to learn more about that and how that can be used for your business. So thanks again, Ashley, for coming on the show. And we'll see you next week on Marketing Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again, and see you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets 
that's if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.